Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, guys. All right. Today, I want to talk to you about rest. Um, If anything, what I want you to remember about this talk is that you need rest. You absolutely must get rest. And you must take it like uh, Scripture says to enter into his rest in Hebrews 4. And I'm going to look at that Scripture, but... Enter his rest, like kick the door down into rest. You have to be intentional in spiritual rest. You have to be intentional in physical rest. If you're just exhausted and you conk out every night and you're not getting enough sleep, major, major, major problems. I'm going to share some science with you about physical sleep and how important it is. Hopefully make some connections to how important it is to get spiritual rest uh, and you know honor the Sabbath. So. So rest is not something that you just, it's not doing nothing. Rest is something that you do. It's an intentional thing that you do, okay? Got it? Um, interesting word, though, rest. Um, you guys know I'm a word nerd, and I love etymology, like the, the origin of words. They don't know the origin of the word rest. It's unclear. They don't know where it came from. One theory, however, is that it, it was like a unit of measurement. I think it said a, a league of miles, during nomadic tribe times, uh, a rest was actually a distance that you would travel. And then after that distance, I guess you'd have to rest. Who knows? I love that the word is the root to the word restore and restoration. That's a God word. If you guys have been in church around, you know that God is in the business of restoration, right? Of all things, uh, creation and, and us. Remember, we are not in creation. We are a part of creation. And God is restoring all things and will restore all things 100% completely. And we're a part of that restoration story. So rest and restoration. Um, Restore means to give back, to build up again, to repair, rebuild, renew. Restoration means a, a, a means of healing or restoring health, the renewing of something lost. Yeah, amen, right? <clears throat> so these are all, this is a good thing. Rest is a good thing. Restoration is a good thing. Uh, and, and like I said, we definitely need it. Physically, spiritually, uh, so physically. It's kind of funny that God made us this way, that you go out through about your day, and at the end of the day, you pass out unconscious and paralyzed. <laughs> The whole dream thing is separate. I'm not even going to get into dreams and the brain, brain activity during sleep. But uh, sleep is super important. Uh, if you guys are interested in this stuff, look up a scientist, Matthew Walker. 
He is an English scientist and a professor of neuroscience and psychology at Cal Berkeley. He, uh, is the, uh, he, he studies the impact of sleep on human health and disease. Good health, or good sleep, good health. Bad sleep, disease. The, the, the research is so clear that some of the numbers he threw out were mind-boggling. I was listening to him like this. Like, I was so shocked. I'm going to share, share some of these with you. Uh, yes, naps are good too, but that does not substitute for sleep. But naps are good. Um, <laughs> so uh, he wrote a book called Why We Sleep, if you're interested in that. He also found, founded the Center for Human Sleep Science, a very interesting research facility that conducts uh, studies and, and scientific um, research. So... Here's what you need to know. Seven hours is the absolute minimum that you need every night. And it is the threshold. All the scientific data shows that under seven, you are in trouble. Seven to nine is what you need. You absolutely need it. You have to get it, okay? They looked at people that got six hours of sleep. And the, uh, sorry, they, they did a study where they looked at people that got six hours of sleep. And the immune, the immune health reproduction, the cells for immune health, dropped by 70% on six hours of sleep. Your immune system needs you to sleep. You will fight off cold and disease if you get good sleep, a lifetime of good sleep. If you are always sick, try getting better sleep. Um, but it is the absolute mandatory. Seven is the threshold. They have linked... Uh, Short sleep or sleep-derived people to Alzheimer's, to different types of cancer. Uh, three specifically, it was in the bowel, the breast, and the prostate. Uh, they have linked short sleep to high blood pressure, uh, which has an impact on the cardiovascular system, so your endurance. They have, le- they have linked it to uh, emotional regulation or a lack of emotional regulation. Um, your objective impairments, they have, li- they have linked it to a lack of creativity, your metabolic benefits and how you process food. Um, so let me share a couple of these with you. They did a, a six-hour study where they gave, they took healthy adults that usually get eight hours of sleep. Then they put them on a week of six hours of sleep for one week. And they looked at their genetic uh, distortion. So this is looking at DNA. He, Matthew, Matt Walker says that a lack of sleep will actually t- start to erode the fabric of life, which is your DNA. So after one week of six hours of sleep, they noticed 711 genes that showed uh, alterations and distortions. Half of them were suppressed in their activity. The other half were overexpressed. The half that were suppressed were a lot of genes that had to do with immune response and regeneration. The other half that were overexpressed were genes related to growing tumors, stress, inflammation throughout the body, etc., etc. Um. So it obviously has this huge impact. Uh, this is another interesting piece of data, uh, it, how it affects your cardiovascular system uh, and heart attacks. Daylight savings every year, right? So in the springtime, we lose an hour of sleep. They notice a 24% increase in heart attacks. In the fall, when you gain an hour of sleep, they notice a 21% decrease in heart attacks. This is on one hour. One hour. 
It's crazy. Yeah, I was like blown away. So uh, obviously cardiovascular has to do with your cardio. He talked about athletes, how they just don't have the endurance the next day. The best thing you can do if you're going to have a a hard day tomorrow or if you're going to run a marathon, Alex, get a good night's sleep the night before. They, they talked about athletes' performance went down 30% with that, with a night, with a night of, 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 without sleep or without good sleep. You really want to get into dream sleep. Sleep is separated into the first four stages and then the last four, which is REM sleep or dream sleep. So you want to get into that deep sleep, that good dream sleep. Um, they did another study where uh, – oh, this is the one. Yeah, so they gave them eight hours of sleep, eight hours, eight hours, four hours, and then eight, eight, and eight. And they measured their whole weekly profile. And there was a 70% reduction in immune cell reproduction. 70%. And that's off one night of four hours throughout the week. Uh, it has your effect on memory. They, this is kind of new research, but very interesting. So when you're studying something, your brain's trying to remember it. You get a good night's sleep. Your brain actually has a lot of activity during sleep that helps you remember what you learned that day. They've also made a connection to before you learn. So your brain is prepped on proper sleep to receive the information, and then it receives the information while you sleep. So if you're a student and you need to study, if you're doing research of any kind, get good sleep and you'll be more efficient, you'll be more productive. They, they, they tested students. Uh, the students that had better sleep have scored 40% higher on their tests, new information tests. 40%. That's difference between 95% A and a 55% F. So... Uh, it also uh, affects your, your judgment. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever stayed awake, but you, your judgment is impaired. They say if you're up for 20 hours, you are as impaired as you, being legally drunk. Don't get any ideas. Just, uh, just know that you've, you've been there. You guys have been up and you're so tired. You're like, I am delirious. I can't think straight. And you're silly, right? You just don't have your, your cognitive function, right? Um, the prefrontal cortex part of your brain is the part of your brain that is uh, reasonable and makes decisions and the logical part, right? Well, that shuts down during sleep. So when you have a lack of sleep, it's, it's faded. And the other things that are, are heightened is the emotional centers of your brain. So people are highly emotional when they have a lack of sleep. Uh, it'll lead to uh, arguments with your, your friends and your family. You'll be short. You won't have the patience that you need. So it has this effect on your emotions too. Um, employee efficiency. Uh, they, uh, people who work night shift are 30% less productive, and the injuries go up by 60%. Matter of fact, the WHO, the World Health Organization, has now classified a lack of sleep as a carcinogen that, that will cause cancer. Drowsy driving is the number one cause of teenager, teenage death uh, in first world countries. Suicide is second, but drowsy driving... Um, like I said, the cardiovascular thing, your body's ability to dispel CO2 from the lungs, emotional regulation. Um, and what do you say when you have a problem and you're, you're just trying to figure something out? You're not sure what you should do. What do people tell you to do? Sleep on it. Sleep on it. Get good sleep and you might have the ability to make a better decision. So sleep on it. Interesting thing too, that they looked at that phrase, sleep on it. It exists in like every culture that they looked at, every language from Swahili to French to every culture has that saying, sleep on it. The French actually say sleep with your problem <laughs> rather than sleep on it. But <clears throat> so 
I know you guys are busy, right? You're like, you don't know my schedule. I can't get good sleep. I got Christmas shopping. You guys are holding hands. That's so sweet. <laughs> Love you guys. Um, you know, you're busy. It's hard to get good sleep, right? How do you do this? How do you make it happen? Well, there's, there's a couple things you can do. There's four things. The first one is the key. This is the, this is the most important thing. This is how you get good sleep, okay? It's regularity. Go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every morning. Whether you have the day off, whether you're working, no matter what's going on. Be regular. Not just in the amount of sleep that you get, but when you get your sleep. Sleep 8 to 4 every day. Try to sleep 8 to 4. That's what I try to do. 8 to 4. Maybe do a 9 to 5 or whatever you want to do. But be regular in your sleep. When it's bedtime, go to bed. Okay, occasionally stay up late. You know what I'm saying? I burn the midnight oil. It's, that's fun. I, I dig it. But get regular sleep. Be regular. And you'll notice your, your body's clock will just wake up. I don't even really need an alarm clock anymore on the weekends. I just wake up. You know, I'm up by 5. So be regular in your sleep. And the number two is light. Um, of course, you've all heard stay away from your devices, right? The blue light. Try to, sh- try to put it down 30 minutes before you go to sleep. Not like me. You're laying in bed. You're like, Right? But it's also light that's happened. <clears throat> it's also light in your house. Uh, try turning the lights down about an hour before bedtime. Uh, when it's dark, your body naturally produces melatonin in your brain, which tells your body that it's about time to go to bed. A lot of times we'll lay in bed, but then you don't go to sleep right away. Maybe it's because the house was too bright. Get the house dark. You'll start feeling cozy. You'll start, your body will start shutting down. That way, when you hit the pillow, you'll go right into that good sleep. You'll get into that deep dream sleep that you need. Number three is temperature. Keep your house cool. You guys ever notice that it's, ooh, it's, you love to sleep when you have a cozy blanket, but you keep your house cold? There's, there's physiological reasons for that, that the body needs a, a drop in temperature to, to hit good sleep. That's why uh, you might want to take a hot bath before you go to bed, or you, you, it might help you sleep better. A lot of people do that. It's not the hot bath. It's the drop in temperature when you get out of the bath. Your body's nice and warm. You get out of the bath. Your temperature drops. Now you're ready for bed. So your body needs that drop in temperature. It goes back, this is an evolutionary biology. You know, for millions or thousands of years, we've been going to sleep when it gets dark. It gets cold when it gets dark. So your body is a signal to go to sleep when it gets dark or gets cold. So regular uh, light, temperature, and food. Uh, This is a tricky one, but don't go to bed too full and don't go to bed too hungry. Um, Eat probably about two hours before bed. You know, not five, uh, but not one either. Um, So... Regular sleep, light, temperature, and food. Practice those things. Get it dialed in. You'll know your body. Get good sleep. You need sleep. If sleep is this important to your body, it's really, it sounds like it's a matter of life and death. How important do you think rest is spiritually? How, how Emotionally, in, in deep down in your spirit, do you rest with God? You know, we need that. I'm, I'm guessing just as much as we need sleep and rest physically. Do you guys rest? Is this your day of rest? Yeah. Uh, I believe it's the fourth commandment. Honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. What a trip. Don't murder. Don't steal. Right? Don't kill. Don't want things and covet. Honor your mother and father. And then, oh yeah, get some rest. It's important. God created the earth and the universe in six days. He looked back and said it was good, and he rested on the seventh day. You guys know that. God rested? If God rested, we should rest. Yes. He um, blessed that day, and he called it holy, and he calls us to make that day holy also. You guys know what holy means? 
What does it mean? Set apart? What does set apart mean? What does holy mean? <laughs> it means set apart. <clears throat> it means different. It means unique. Holy means unique. Holy means different. Because there is none like, God is holy and there is none like him. He is one of one. Sound familiar? You guys one of one? There's nobody like you. Nobody like you. Nobody like you. You guys are all unique and holy and made special by God. And God calls us to do really weird things, unique things. He calls us to like not eat, you know. You need food for survival, but God tells us to not. He tells us to fast. It's like, wait a minute, we need food to survive, but God calls us to do something unique and not eat. Uh, We need to work. We need to keep moving, but God tells us to rest. So my point here is just be intentional with your Sabbath day. Be intentional with your Sunday. Um, You know, I work Monday through Friday, so my schedule is busy, man. Monday through Friday, forget it. Uh, If you want to go out to dinner, it's a long shot, man. Saturday, I got to go grocery shopping. You got to cut your grass. You guys got to, you know, do your laundry. Yes, wash your car. I mean, so Saturday's out of the question. You only got one day left, and that's today, to be intentional. Gather together. I think that was one of the other things in the Old Testament, so I'm glad you're here. You're being intentional by saying, I'm going to be here. I'm going to get my worship. I'm going to get fed the word of God. I'm going to get my fellowship with my fellow believers, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to just rest. I'm going to look back on what I did during the week, look back at what God was doing during the week, look forward to maybe what I have, but rest today. Why do you think God gave us football on Sundays? (laughs) Kidding. Nowadays, we've got Mondays and, and, and Thursdays and Uh, But that's my Sunday. I love to come here and get fed and I get to go home and rest and relax and recharge and just rest in the presence of God, be still in God. That's a hard thing for me. When we did the bless uh, exercises, we were to bless three people a week and listen to the word. Listen for, for 15 minutes. Sam recommended to be still and like meditate and listen to the voice of God for 15 minutes. That was hard. But so beneficial. Um. Today's verse of the day was about rest. So I'm going to read uh, the majority. I'm going I'm to kind of paraphrase and skip through the entire chapter, <clears throat> uh, Hebrews chapter 4. If this is interesting to you and you want to know about biblical rest, there's really one or two chapters. It's Hebrews 3 and Hebrews 4. And um, that's really where we get our theology about rest. We pull some stuff from Genesis and those things too that I mentioned. But it really comes from this uh, warning that the author of Hebrews gives us in in Hebrews 4. Chapter 3 talks about how the Israelites wandered around the desert, and a lot of them were in disbelief. Remember, they they were complaining and saying, we should just go back to Egypt and be slaves. We were eating like kings back there. Now we get the bread from, we get the manna, and we should just go back there. We're lost. We don't know where we're going, and it's cold out here. And, And God said, you will not enter my rest. And God was angry with them. And he said that in his anger. I don't know if it was a punishment, like, all right, that's it. You won't enter my rest. Or if God was like, man, you guys just are not having faith. Because of your lack of faith, you're not going to enter the rest. So faith and rest are interconnected. You have to enter rest by faith. Because our our circumstances are not going to provide the rest. It's like, you look at my life, how can I get rest? Faith faith to just simply transcend everything that's going on and enter the rest of god and that is a promise of god and all the promises of god are true we know that so listen to this hebrews chapter four this is a great chapter it's deep and i had to read it a few times so maybe go home and read it a few times but 
Do me a favor and pay close attention. Listen to this. Listen to the word of God and pray that it really speaks to you. God has offered to us the same promise of entering into his rest in confident faith. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. We have heard the good news of deliverance just as they did, yet they didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard, it didn't affect them deeply and they doubted. For those who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. Those who first heard the good news of deliverance, they failed, enter, they failed to enter into the rest because of their unbelieving hearts. Yet the fact remains that we still have the opportunity to enter into the rest and experience the fulfillment of the promise. Because God has ordained a day for us to enter into. It's called today. It, it was long afterwards that God repeated it in David's words. This is quoting a psalm. He says, if only today you would listen to the voice of God and do not harden your hearts. So if this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the promised land, God would not have spoken of another rest later to come. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete rest waiting for believers to experience. There is still a full and complete rest waiting for you to experience. As we enter into God's rest life, we cease from our own works. Just as God celebrated his finished works and he rests in them. So then we must give our all and be eager to experience this faith life rest so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. For we have the living word of God, which is full of energy. It's like a double-edged sword. It even penetrates to the very core of our being, where soul and spirit, bone and marrow meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. There is not one person who can hide their thoughts from God. Nothing that we do remains secret, and nothing, is, nothing created is concealed. But everything is exposed and defenseless before his eyes, to whom we must render an account. So then, we must cling in faith to all that we know to be true. For we have a magnificent king priest, Jesus Christ, the son of God. He rose into the heavenly realm for us and now sympathizes with us in our frailty. He understands humanity. For as a man, our magnificent king was tempted in every way just as we are, and he conquered sin. So now we come freely and boldly to where love is enthroned. We receive mercy's kiss and we discover the grace that we urgently need to strengthen us in our time of weakness. Man, um, you need to kick the door down into God's rest by faith. Choose to take it and rest in God. And go home and read that chapter again. It's, it's a real stern warning um, that, that we don't want to be disqualified. The people, the Israelites were disqualified from that promise because of their doubt, their lack of faith. Remember, faith in God doesn't mean that it's believing in, that there is a God. Faith in God means trusting God. So you trust, your, trust God for your kids' future. Trust God for your, your back spasms. You trust God for your knee or for your career, what's going on. You trust God for your nonprofit. 
Trust God to help you solve issues and problems between relationships. Trust God for your marriage. Faith, that's faith, folks. Faith isn't believing that there is a God. It's obvious that there's a God. Look around. Faith is putting your trust in God when you need him the most. And we need him the most. I love that scripture that he provides. He comes at us right where we are and gives us right what we need. Amen. You have something to say? Were you scared it wasn't going to happen? Or did you have faith that everything was going to be okay? He had faith that everything was going to be okay. And look, it worked out. He got a job that he should not have gotten. That's a great example. There are hundreds of examples. Yeah, good for you. Now keep that job. Better get good sleep. Yeah, if you don't, you'll get fired. Um, I love testimony. There are a a thousand examples of what God has done when we have faith. Faith is the key that unlocks the door. Faith is the light switch. God's power is always on. Faith is what flips the light switch. It provides the light. You have to exercise your faith with fear and trembling, guys. We have to work out our faith and our salvation, right? I love the scripture that Sam shared recently. Uh, The kingdom of heaven has been taken by violent men, something like that. That was such a unique scripture. Wow, I looked at it. One of the other translations says it's, it's taken hold of by passionate people. The kingdom of God is taken hold of by passionate people. You're not just going to wake up tomorrow and, and have this great close relationship with God and be full of faith. You have to walk in faith. You have to be intentional and make your life of faith and salvation with God. He calls us to a walk and a journey. He doesn't call us to a picnic or to a nap session. You know what I'm saying? He calls us to move. So I'm going to share one last scripture um, just in light of everything that's happened this week. This, um, this is for Bob. My heart breaks for Bob. I love you, Bob, if you're hearing this. I love you so much, brother. And I'm right there beside you and this whole family is here with you. But listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 8. I'm sorry, Matthew 11, 28 and 29. You got me, Rick? You guys know the verse. You probably don't even need it. But this is beautiful. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you uh, for your word. Uh, Thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Uh, Lord, we proclaim in faith that it never returns void. It goes out and it does its job, Lord. So do your thing, Lord, with our hearts. Uh, Bless this family, this community, God. Lift up the Scotties and and the Madrids to you. And God, um, we don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. But um, we just live in trust, God. We live in faith. I pray that um, we would find the time to make rest in our lives, Lord, spiritually. Pray that we would find time to get good sleep and and be physically rested. And God, we have this thing of rest so that we can go to war and go to fight and go to work. So give us what we need, God, on a daily basis to do your work and to live your will, Lord. Help us to be those loving, compassionate people that really change the world. I love your scripture. You call us the light of the world and the salt of the earth. What an honor and a privilege it is to be that, God. So I just pray that over all my family that's here, Lord. You would just inspire us this morning 
and just move and provoke our hearts, God, to a, a deeper intimacy with you and a deeper intimacy to the people around us. May we truly serve the world, God, and, and change the world because of our faith. Thank you for this high calling. Thank you for this time. Thank you for Alex and the worship. Thank you for being a God that is so present, that meets us when we come to you. You hear us, God, and you respond to us. Thank you for the salvation. Thank you for sending your son to suffer on our behalf. Thank you for just my sobriety, God. You've changed my life. Man, oh, from death to life, Lord. Oh, you brought me from hell, um, a living hell, to a place where um, I'm restored and redeemed. And you put, a, you put the coat on my back, God. You put the ring on my finger like the prodigal son. Uh, I'm honored, Lord, to serve you. So I love you. I need you, Lord. <clears throat> I, I need you, God. The family needs you. The Scotty family needs you. The Madrids need you. Bob needs you, God. I ask you to show up, Lord. I ask you big time just to show up big in their life, God. In a miraculous way, Lord. I believe you still do miracles, God. So work a miracle over and over again. Today, tomorrow, the next day. And as we continue to walk with you and come to you, God, just be glorified. Be known. Reveal yourself, God, to us. And reveal yourself to the world. We love you. We thank you. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.